Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. The latest out of the Israel-Gaza conflict, Israeli defense minister orders complete siege of Gaza as conflict with Hamas enters third day. We're getting reports that between 800 and 900 Israelis have been killed. This includes IDF as well as civilians. We have seen videos circulating of party goers, civilians being kidnapped and paraded around being killed. At least nine Americans have been reported dead. And there's an article circulating about a German tourist who was visiting a music festival when Hamas militants, terrorists, descended via uh, parachute, paragliding in and began going door to door and kidnapping and killing people. Now, I want everyone to understand we are in the fog of war. Friday night, we had a big event. It was fantastic. And uh, I had spoken with Patrick Bet David's team about uh, that Saturday going on his podcast. And sure enough, we wake up to the news. And I got to be honest, I, I, I didn't see it. Normally, I'm reading the news nonstop, no matter where what I'm doing. But wrapping up this event, going straight to bed and then waking up, sitting down in that studio. And they say, do you see what's going on in Israel? I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. The news is, is rather shocking. And I suppose the more worrying thing is that we're now getting reports that Hezbollah from Lebanon is now firing on Israel and Israel's defenses are being split. I believe we are going to see one of the most dramatic escalations of conflict in the region. The actions that Israel takes right now, considering what we've all just witnessed, is possibly going to be the most extreme we have ever seen. I don't know. I'm not an expert on Israel-Palestine conflict, history, or relations. I'm not. I am but a humble man in America who complains on the internet. And I'm seeing a lot of people now sing a different tune as to what they were saying about the war in Ukraine. And I think there are good reasons for this. For one, the conflict that we're seeing right now, even though many leftists are justifying it, protesting in defense of the Palestinians— despite the fact what we just saw from Hamas, arguing that Hamas does not represent them, despite the fact that they use schools in these buildings. I know, and I'm already triggering a lot of people. I'm not here to say Israel's innocent. I'm here to say it is war. It is war. But 
I don't see the justification for anyone to target civilians. Now, when it comes to Ukraine, I'm sorry. I think there's a big reason why Israel is on our radar substantially more so than Ukraine is and why people care a lot more and consider these things. First, the propaganda that came out of Ukraine at the start of the war was really insulting the ghost of Ukraine, right? The uh, there was the, the fake story about the sniper. Many, many fake stories were pushed into the media and then quickly debunked. No kidding. I'm not kidding. The ghost of Kiev, this fighter pilot was video game footage. It was all fake. They were lying to us about everything. Now, the difference with Israel is a longer standing U.S. ally. I'm not saying you have to agree with the U.S. being allied with Israel. Strategic position in the Middle East, surrounded by enemies. And the videos we're getting out right now. Yo, I'm sorry, man. It's I, These are not videos you can fake. The, the argument we're seeing is not that this is fake footage. It's that Israel and the United States knew the attack was coming and failed to act. I'm sorry, I don't, I, I, I'm just not in that camp. I can only tell you this. We are in uh, the fog of war, and this, this happens always in the immediate aftermath of some kind of attack or strike, and it is to the benefit, usually, of the attackers. If, if you want to make some argument about a false flag or that there was intelligence they ignored, maybe. I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested in any of that right now, right? There are good guys, there are bad guys. Call it whatever you want. Right now, the problem is Americans have died. A report of a German national has died. Attacks from Lebanon. What I can talk to you about, I can show you the news and I can then after after the fact, we can talk about the, the ideas of foreign intervention and things. But understand this. The most important thing right now is we should consider the dangerous proximity we are in to World War Three. I am calm down. I am not saying this to be shocking, especially at a most shocking time. I am saying with the conflict in Ukraine not dying down, escalating, despite the fact that we're seeing battle maps show Russia secure this, this, this territory and the U.S. continuing to send more money. You ask yourself why it is that these attacks happen now. There are some rumors circulating, reporting that many of the weapons being utilized by Hamas to attack Israel came from the Taliban in Afghanistan, reporting that the Taliban is seeking to supply more weapons. These are weapons that the U.S. left behind, and it is not an accident. It was a failure of the Biden administration to secure our resources in Afghanistan. We should not have been over there in the first place, which goes into my arguments against foreign intervention. Now we're going to see because of this, because of these failures, demands from many people, neo-libs, neocons, establishment, and many conservatives, you betcha, they're going to be saying we must act to defend Israel. There are a lot of questions around that. But what I can say beyond your opinions on the matter, for one, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it a million times. I am I am like 80 to 90 percent anti-intervention. I have never been a absolutist against intervention. I am typically and mostly for a lot of reasons opposing of intervention. But I'm not so blind to think that there aren't reasons sometimes that we intervene in foreign affairs, depending on how, how it affects us and uh, uh, other parts of the world, there, there are questions around it. I suppose the issue we must ask ourselves is that with the, the war in Ukraine, is Hamas making these moves because they know the U.S. is fractured? They know that we are divided and preoccupied. They know that we are split right now over what's happening in Ukraine and fearful of what happens with Taiwan. Moves now being made in the Middle East, destabilizing the region with with if these reports are true coming from the IDF, I have no reason to believe they're not that Hezbollah from Lebanon is now firing into Israel. If the moves being made by Afghanistan are reportedly true, we are facing the, the, the prospect of a legitimate 
shot heard around the world, World War III. You know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. But dude, when you are looking at active war in Eastern Europe, war kicks off in the Middle East. And we have already been having China flying and invading Taiwanese air defense. Fine. Say we're not there. But understand, there will be no moment in our lives where we simply say that's World War Three. It will be only through the history books when they say this is when it truly started. When Archduke Franz Ferdinand was shot, nobody said, this is it. This is World War Three. No, one at a time, treaties kicked in and eventually everyone was fighting and they called it the Great War. And they didn't even call it the Great War right away. Same thing for the Civil War. It took a while before they started. They called it war between states. They called it a rebellion. And it wasn't until like, I think a year or two in. Understand the context of history with conflict erupting now between Hezbollah, Hamas and Israel with reports that Afghanistan, the Taliban, are seeking to aid and supply Hamas and may be getting access through through Jordan. Yo, this could be a, a, a dark start. When it comes to World War II, we call it World War II. But Hirohito was doing his own thing with Japanese empire attacking Southeast Asia. Hitler was doing his thing in Europe, but it was a world war because there was massive and major conflict. And of course, the Axis powers, we call them, were aligned. They did have their own agendas. And thus, the U.S. is dragged into this war based on Japanese actions. But uh, I'm not a World War II history buff either. But my understanding is that they never, Hitler and Hirohito, I don't think ever actually strongly interacted. It's just, you know, the world was at war. I got to breathe through through some of this news. I'm not going to show any of the graphic footage. But um, my friends, what's happening in Israel is something that uh, uh, me and several other uh, journalists had been discussing 10 years ago, something called Productive Edge in 2014. They called it the Israel, 2014 Israel, you know, Palestine war, whatever, Gaza war. And the concern was that if if, uh, when these attacks are made from Gaza, and this is typically how it goes. Gaza will fire a bunch of rockets into Israel. The Iron Dome will intercept Israel that will then retaliate, taking out the structures in which these attacks were made from. The problem is they uh, Hamas uses civilian targets as bases of operation. The left in the United States has been protesting in support of Palestine, arguing they're not supporting Hamas. The only problem is. I, I look. Hamas is powerful and in control and operates from this region. And you can make all the arguments you want that the civilians don't want it. And I, I don't want to see any civilian die in a conflict. But if there are rockets flying from Gaza, you can argue that the civilians had nothing to do with it. But what is the response of Israel going to be? I don't care what your opinions are and who is right or who is wrong. There's a logic here. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. If rockets come from a target, the target's going to get obliterated. Let's read the news. Israeli defense minister orders complete siege of Gaza as conflict with Hamas enters third day. Israel's defense minister ordered a complete siege. Now, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. This could be the most extreme action we've ever seen. In fact, it it could theoretically be the end of Gaza. Yoav Gallant said on camera that Israel would halt the supply of electricity, food, water and fuel to Gaza. I have given an order order. Gaza will be under complete siege. We are fighting barbarians and will respond accordingly. Israel has retaken control of all communities around Gaza, and there is no ongoing fighting between Israeli forces and Hamas militants inside Israel. The Israeli military said on Monday, following continued assaults by both sides. The announcement by Israeli Defense Force spokesperson Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari came more than 48 hours after Hamas launched a surprise assault with thousands of rockets and sent armed fighters into Israel. I can actually, I'll show you the paragliding here. 
Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Israel on Sunday formally declared war on the Islamist militant group Hamas after its fighters launched an unprecedented attack that has so far killed more than 700 people in Israel. I believe the reporting right now is up to uh, eight or 900. And I want you to understand as well, this is from an hour ago. I think they may be wrong about, I'm pretty sure fighting is still ongoing. The announcement by IDF spokesperson, Ramadan, etc. Israeli jets continue to bombard the Palestinian enclave of Gaza on Monday as the war ended its third day. Israeli strikes in Gaza have killed at least 493, including dozens of children and has left 2,651 injured, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. An incursion by Gaza militants of this scale has not been seen in Israel since the nation's founding in 1940, which is why I say the actions taken by Israel now may be the most extreme we have ever seen. As of yesterday morning, the Times of Israel was reporting Hezbollah fires mortars at Israel. IDS strike hits tent on Lebanon border in response. Iran-backed terror group announces its targeted Israeli military sites in the Mount Dove region in solidarity with Hamas. Attack on the south, no reports of injuries. We are also, we are, we are, we're, getting, we're getting a lot of information that's still coming in about uh, um, po- politics in the United States that I, I want to be careful on. Reports that the U.S. unfroze $6 billion, that Iran said they would use the money however they wanted to. Many people are saying, of course, this money was then used to fuel an unprecedented attack on Israel. Look, man, I don't know. OK, you got to be careful about the, the, the fog of war. What I can tell you is, yeah, I don't see how you fake these videos. Sorry. And, and it is possible propaganda is real and, and deep fakes and all that stuff. But take a look at this. This is just a tweet that's going around. It's uh, this one's got 750,000 views. Hamas terrorists paraglide into Israel. They went door to door to massacre innocent civilians, rape and murder women and children. And you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I believe it. It's not it's not the paragliding. I believe the paragliding happens. Come on. Paragliding is not the most complicated thing in the world. But going door to door and killing civilians. We've seen videos of this. And maybe the videos are fake. Maybe you're saying they're lying, Tim. OK. But I've talked to left wing activists. I have seen them protest for Palestine and Gaza. And I have heard their arguments. I'm sorry, but they lie. You're not going to tell me that the people were advocating for far left extremism while calling for the arrest of Trump supporters who say that we should abolish the police but then celebrate when police arrest the right. They're being honest about this. When I was at, you know, say Occupy and his other left wing protests, what they argue is there are no innocent people in the conflict. They argue that Israeli civilians are an occupying force and they 
themselves, whether militants or otherwise, are actively oppressing the Palestinian people. I'm not saying that everyone in Palestine or every person believes that. Because what you, you in response to this, you'll get people saying, well, that's only some people. Fine. But are those some people taking guns and going and kidnapping and massacring civilians? The answer is yes. I'm sorry, but it is. So take a look at this video. We'll play this for you. This is uh, people didn't realize what was happening. As people were paragliding, militants and terrorists. You know, and, and I'm seeing some people say, don't call them militants, call them terrorists. I'm like, bro, you can call them both, right? They are attacking Israel. It is, it is, is military action. And it is a terror campaign to shock and terrify civilians. People were just filming as these people were paragliding and they had no idea what was about to happen. Hamas terrorists sail into Israel, Israeli territory using motorized paragliders. There's videos. They're on these paragliders. They're the small vehicles, gigantic fans. And they were gliding in and it looks like they had machine guns mounted to them. This is crazy. Israeli defense forces in response to a Hezbollah attack from Lebanon into Israel. IDF artillery struck targets in the area. Understand this. My, 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 uh, my understanding of this, I should say, is that this is not the most uncommon thing, right? Hezbollah fires into Israel quite a bit. The IDF has taken preparational measures for this type of possibility. Fox News reporting Israel led war with Hamas after surprise attacks, at least 800 Israelis dead. Hamas has launched the biggest attack on Israel in years, killing at least 1,100 and wounding more than 2,000 with a barrage of rockets as gunfights are reported in Esterat, probably pronouncing it wrong, Sderat, and other cities in southern Israel. Again, I know more about Ukraine. I've actually, uh, I have been to Ukraine. I've been to Israel, been to Ukraine uh, like three or four times, and have spoken more to people about what was going on in Ukraine and read substantially more about uh, that as opposed to Israel. The Israel-Palestine conflict has been so complicated and, and, and well beyond my lifetime. Granted, there's a lot going on with Ukraine, of course, well beyond my lifetime as well. But, uh, yeah, I know I, I, don't, I don't know as much. What I can say is there's calls and cries of hypocrisy because there are people on the right who are all of a sudden saying, look at these videos, look what's happening in Israel. You have to we have to defend Israel and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, many people are wondering why it is that many people on the right are believing instantly every single video, despite what we saw in Ukraine. And now uh, right, right. They, they, they rejected the funding going to Ukraine. They say, I don't care about these videos. Ukraine is not America, but then Israel. You know, I have a simple answer to this. Morality and moral lines. It has nothing to do with principle and, and, and it hasn't for a long time. I made this point a long time ago. The idea that we would be opposed to funding uh, uh, war or defense in other countries is not an absolute position for anybody. I mean, some people for it is, it is. But what I mean to say is, Someone might say something to the effect of, you know, I think parents have the absolute rights as to what happens with their children. And then there are right, like parental rights and education. It gets it gets split between vaccination and between, um, you know, child sex change operations and things like things like this. What I try to explain to people is it's not so much about parental rights. It's about uh, moral lines and what we accept as a society. That is to say, do the parents have absolute right over what happens to their kids' health? Do you think the answer is yes or no? When it came to the issue of, like, say, vaccinations, people said the parents should be the ones making the choice and the schools shouldn't force the kids or, or get it done in secret. What about child sex changes? The parents should make the choice. The left would argue the, the inverse. 
They would argue simultaneously the parents have the rights as, or I'm sorry, the right would argue the parents don't have the right. They have the right to knowledge about what's happening in their school. But the left would argue the parents have the absolute right, meaning if they think their kid should get a child sex change, it should happen. Now, there's a conflict here. In which instance do parents have the absolute right? People on the right would argue that if a parent tried to intervene to give a child a sex change, the parents are wrong and the state should intervene, in which case the parents don't have absolute right over the health of their children. Not every libertarian feels that way. Many libertarians simply say, yes, the parents should have their right. I bring this up to say it is not about the, the surface level. You need to understand the arguments individual makes and what their moral line is. When it comes to the issue of what's happening in, in uh, Israel, we have stories like this. Crowds rally in D.C. to stand in solidarity, pressure U.S. after Hamas attacks on Israel. I think I have uh, uh, this tweet here, NYC DSA. This was actually over the weekend. This was um, on the 7th. They said tomorrow, October 8 at 1 p.m. in Times Square in solidarity with the Palestinian people on their right to resist 75 years of occupation and apartheid. This is what AOC represents. She's a card carrying member of the DSA. Hamas, well, I don't care what your moral position is, if you like them or don't, whatever. They kidnapped and killed civilians as a means to an end. I think that's evil. We have a thing called war crimes. We try to make sure we're targeting not civilians, but military targets and strategic infrastructure when it comes to war to avoid what's called collateral damage. What Hamas did was direct assaults on people. That's why we call it terrorism. This is what the left represents. Sorry. Look, we can make all the moral arguments in the world as to our positions. But right now we have American tourists, dual citizens. We have uh, foreign tourists are being killed in Israel. And then this, this brings up the question of our position on foreign aid. Uh, I am 80, 90 percent anti-intervention. I, I think Vivek Ramaswamy was making the point that Israel needs to get to the point where it's, in, 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 it's defending itself. We are not providing for their military and dumping billions of dollars into this nation. But once again, Israel, like Afghanistan and South, South uh, uh, Korea, many other countries that we've, we've uh, had military presence in, the idea is to secure some form of constitutional Republican, well, I should say neocon view because, you know, neoconservative, it's not like what the founding fathers trying to make. But the idea is to, to Americanize a part of the world, plant the seed and then defend it. South Korea, of course. South Korea is doing great. You know, uh, they've got constitutional rights. They have uh, uh, it is not too is not too dissimilar to the United States. And that is nation building. And it makes you think like, you know, they're living way better than what North Korea is. Afghanistan was another attempt at this nation building. Iraq, of course. For what reason should the U.S. be engaged in nation building to spread influence, to make people think the way we think, to make them live the way we do? So they adhere to our way of life. They adhere to our petrodollar system, et cetera, et cetera. Israel is a beacon of light in an otherwise terrifying Middle East authoritarian, religious fundamentalist, etc. But that doesn't mean I believe the U.S. should be the world police. I believe there are substantially better arguments for supplying and defending Israel than there are for Ukraine. And if you are someone of the, of the position of anti-intervention, and now when it came to Ukraine, you said we shouldn't be spending money in these other countries. Then when it comes to Israel, like we must defend Israel. I'm like, you better articulate your arguments. I'll give you I'll give you a minute. To, to make your argument as to why you support intervention in one place and not the other. But I think there are there are legitimate reasons. And my point ultimately in this is 
I'm not going to fall for these stupid arguments where it's like, I thought you said no funding for this country, but now you want funding for this country. They're, they're not the same country, completely different conflicts. And it's a question of do you support or oppose intervention? For instance, my friend Cassandra Fairbanks, she is anti-intervention and she is saying, don't fall for the propaganda. We should not be supplying funding to these other countries. It makes no sense. Totally understand the position. I fall mostly in that camp. But I can tell you this, when it comes to Israel, I'm a bit more lukewarm. Uh, I understand why we provide funding to Israel. Many people said, explain to me why Israel is an important ally to us. I don't think you can, blah, blah, blah. No, there are a lot of reasons why you can. Look, when it comes to Eastern Europe, we have NATO. Ukraine makes no sense for us to be involved in. It is a, a, a cor- corrupt state. It is basically territory. They call it the Afghanistan of Europe. It would make uh, make sense that we're trying to basically make a block out of Europe. And so securing the territory of Ukraine is just more conquest. And then we can start to nation build there and make them fall in line. But they're not an ally of ours. It's just a big territory on the border of Russia that Russia uses to, to transport gas. It is not the most densely populated area. It is fertile farmland. You can make the argument we should take it because farmland. Fine. They call it the breadbasket of Europe, my understanding is. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Israel is basically a very large military base and weapons manufacturing base for the United States in the Middle East. It may be a destabilizing factor in the Middle East. But the argument is, militaristically, I understand why we're funding it. We have a massive weapons hub in the region. Sure, call it whatever you want. I'm not saying these are good positions to have. I am saying if someone came and said, we've got Ukraine, we got Israel, and we're going to provide funding to both. I'd be like, well, there's a lot of reasons why we would have a military presence in the Middle East, because we need ways to bring supplies, weapons, et cetera, into the area. And we're trying to basically get a foothold in there. Ukraine, it's like, dude, we, we control Europe. Europe is us. Europe is NATO. Europe is Western forces. Why are we going to war with Russia over this? And, 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 there, and there's treaties to be made about the Donbass going to Russia. Oh, but we want the Black Sea. Now you're talking about oil and all this stuff. That's what it always is. That being said, I am not saying that better arguments or some arguments is justification. All I can tell you is when I see this stuff and people going to make these arguments about, look at these videos, look at these videos, we must help them, we must intervene. What bothers me is I say, you want to pull up videos from South Africa? You don't. You want to pull up videos from China? The Uyghur Muslims are put in concentration camps. Sudan? I didn't think so. How about Libya? Oops, that was our fault. That was intervention. And now a slave trade has returned. This is why I'm typically like, bro, at the very least, we can say we're not involved in this. Why is America the world police? I don't I don't see it working out. But that that being said, 
understand the world is vastly more complicated than any of us realize. We, you know, I sit here reading a news story, uh, gleaning cursory information, trying to understand what is a major international conflict of powerful individuals who keep secrets from you. So it is hard to know what is and what isn't. And that makes it very, very difficult. But because of that, I typically say you've not justified why we are actively engaged in conflict in these regions. And so I typically say, I don't want to be. Understand that for every video you see coming out of Israel, there are videos coming out of other countries and no mass efforts and media coverage demanding that we be involved. There's two big reasons for this. One, obvious propaganda. The second is Israel's an ally. Of course, we care more about Israel than we do about Libya. But I do think it is the fault of NATO as to what is happening in Libya. And for that, we probably have some responsibility to to try and help in some capacity. The, the, saying that does not mean that I think we should send military or try and stabilize the regional world police. It's more like diplomacy. But I will not make I, I, I cannot abide this. Oh, 30, 40 years ago, we did a thing and now the children must keep paying for it. I think at a certain point we just say like, hey, maybe we secure our borders, get rid of these these bunk ass uh, uh, these, these like TPP, these these terrible trade agreements, which subjugate the United States, bring back our manufacturing, secure our borders and lead through strength and not through the barrel of a gun pointed at the heads of everyone else. What I mean by strength is showing people that what we do works, we're successful, we're wealthy, trade, produce things that they want and be that shining city on the hill. Instead, what we get is a failing country. It is a failing country. It's split down the middle. It's facing internal conflict. People are fighting each other in the streets in D.C. over this. Security is heightened. You've got a, a porous border. People are pouring through. Eric Adams literally saying the border should remain open. What? <sighs> Remarkable. No, what we're showing is we're a fractured, weak nation that is just pointing guns at people. And that's not building confidence. And that will only build resistance. You know, look, man, I'm not going to try to be the arbiter of morality. When it comes to Ukraine and stuff, my issue is, hey, please don't drag us into World War III. And now with this conflict happening in Israel, I wonder if because the U.S. wasted its time and energy in Ukraine, now being distracted and, and pulled in two different directions, Hamas and other organizations, the Taliban, Hezbollah, see an opportunity to make a strike on Israel. A strike on Israel is not to this, not, not the same degree of, uh, of ex, ex, uh, um, it's not as extreme in terms of global conflict, as, as say, like the Russian-Ukraine war, we're looking at nuclear powers here. But now the U.S. is going to be, what do we do? Are we going to be able to supply weapons and resources to Israel in this conflict now as well? We're already strained, very strained. And it's already destabilizing. The U.S. is already in a destabilizing period. With the 2024 election coming up, with the FBI saying Trump supporters are extremists, this country is about to be ripped in two. And what happens now if China makes their move on Taiwan? The forest of the trees, my friends, we may be staring down the barrel of World War III. People have already claimed that Ukraine, Russia was the start of World War III. Fine. Let's say this. If war is breaking out, and it did, Israel declares war in Israel. We've got massive war on a mass, massive scale in Israel and in Ukraine. The, 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 the dam is about to break, I fear. I hope you're paying attention. I will not be the arbiter of morality for you. I'm not going to sit here and say like, uh, for instance, Ben Shapiro said a lot of tweets about what's happening in Israel. Of course, he's Jewish. This one, this one hits right at home for him, probably. I'm not going to sit here and, and argue the moral positions 
when I know Ben is, is articulate enough to actually break down his position on what should or shouldn't be when it comes to intervention. And that's my point ultimately here is you're going to get a lot of people who are going to try and scream hypocrite. My answer to the people who are accused of hypocrisy, you better lay down your moral arguments and your strategic arguments as to why one intervention is right and one is wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying explain it to me because you better have a good explanation. I see the U.S. being dragged into conflict, which may result in a World War Three, and you will regret it. I'm sorry. Ben's right, though, when he says, look at these videos. You want to talk about what's happening in the United States. And a lot of people talk about like civil war and stuff like this. They don't get it. They do not get it. Watching people paraglide. There are no rules. I think I understand this because I grew up in Chicago. When some guy's walking down the street, he puts out a gun and shoots at you for no reason. You don't get it. You don't know why. There are no rules. They say, you know, we, we, we talk about this. Um, I think we're talking about this at the IRL event that uh, psychic barriers. You know, there are people who think I can't do it right. There will be a, a hotel lobby inside that hotel lobby is a prominent politician in the front of the hotel lobby are security guards. Someone sees that and says, I can't go in there and ask politician a question. Well, hold on. Why? That's called a psychic barrier. You believe in your mind you can't go there. But guess what? If you walk up to that door, that security guard might just open the door for you. Don't make the assumption you can't be there. No, you walk up and just walk in. Security guard doesn't mean no trespassing. A no trespassing sign means no trespassing. But even when it says no trespassing, it means not open to you. You don't know. You try and walk in. Security guard says, I'm sorry, this is a private event. You can't come. You say, oh, okay. But for a lot of people, they see that and they, they make assumptions. They make assumptions. Psychic barriers, my friends. We, we can't perceive what could be or what would be. So I just bring that up and I say, be careful about where we are headed. Understand that the only real law is natural law. That is to say, you can't fly with your arms. You can fly by building a plane. You know, you can build tools. You can't control the wind, but you can't adjust your sails. We do not control reality, but we can adjust our positions through technology and through our actions. We can persuade uh, and, and, and alter the courses of even great historical events. But I just say, understand this. This could be a, a, a dramatic escalation. So I hope for whatever, whatever it is you're watching or paying attention to, when we talk about getting emergency food, when we talk about getting supplies, it is because of these things. I hope this calms down quickly. But I fear because of what's happening in Ukraine, it won't. And the scary thing is this whole region, it's all interrelated. It really is Syria into Turkey, into uh, into Ukraine. Man, this could get bad quick. All right, I'll leave it there. We're going to have more updates throughout the day, more stories coming up. Uh, hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all at 1 p.m. I'm sorry, I'm not going to mince words on this one. I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is evil. I think she is an evil person. And I think I'm just tired of giving the benefit of the doubt. That is to say I don't like neocons either, but I'm not going to pretend that there is an easy path to peace so I can sit here and whinge all day on the internet about what's happening in Israel with the war in Gaza. And there is no good answer I can give you. I can only tell you that there are evil people celebrating death in the Democratic Socialists of America, an organization for which Ocasio-Cortez is a member of. Now you've got squad members accused of glorifying what happened. And so I look at uh, uh, this statement from a Democrat 
to show you that we are dealing with what I can only describe as an impossible situation. And it's, this is why I tend to be anti-intervention. The United States is not under attack. We have not been killed. American citizens have been killed in Israel. It is horrifying. And there should be some answers for this. But if you as an American choose to go to, a, to an area in conflict and lose your life, it, it, I do not believe that it is the fault of every other American or should draw us into war. I'm not going to pretend to have the greatest answers in the world for what's happening right now because it is horrifying what we are seeing in Israel. But you all do need to understand that there are many atrocities happening all over the world, and we cannot answer for all of them. What I can tell you is we can absolutely condemn horrifying and evil actions that are coming out of Hamas that we see. They utilize Gaza. They use civilian areas. These people are evil. There's a viral video that's got me real fired up. Julio Rosas showing in Times Square at an event promoted by the DSA, a woman saying, that they have launched an incursion into Israel, that they are firing missiles, and they're all cheering and clapping as the rest of us watch the world descend into chaos. And you know what I can say? Now, a lot of people are going to come out and they're going to be like, yeah, but Israel is an occupying force. And others are going to say Israel has a right to exist. And it's Hamas that attacked civilians. It's war. It's war, baby. There's no celebrating any of it. Look, I, I, I look at what's going on in Ukraine and I say it is bad that Russia is, is, is invading. But that doesn't absolve the West of its responsibilities or its culpability either. That's why I'm kind of like, man, my positions tend to be the U.S. secures its own borders, protects its interests, displays strength through trade and manufacturing and economic power. And of course, we have allies overseas. But the idea that we are the world police makes literally no sense. Are we going to now rush into the Strait of Taiwan to defend Taiwan from China? How can we maintain that conflict? And it's all bubbling up. We can't even maintain a presence in Ukraine. They refuse to declare formal war, but we know what's going on. And now all the money we dump into Israel. I'm sorry. Look, it's a rock and a hard place. If the U.S. pulls out its support for Israel immediately right now, Israel gets crushed. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of what we're doing overseas in the first place. Take a look at Afghanistan. My position is we should not have been there in the first place. But the way Joe Biden pulled out may have just made everything worse. The reality is such the circumstances for the conflict around the world exist. We must adapt to it to figure out how to de-escalate, secure these areas and remove our involvement over a long period of time. And then, of course, you'll get the establishment neocon neolib of, you know, American exceptionalism of, of spreading democracy. And they're going to say, if we leave, there's a power vacuum. Look, man, perhaps, perhaps there is no good or easy answer. But I'm going to show you this video that boils my blood. Here's a video. Andy No retweeting a video by Julio Rosas. At the Hamas celebration rally in Times Square, organized by the far left socialists and Palestinian nationalists, a speaker talks about the Islamist attacks that occurred that uh, I'm sorry, the attacks that have killed hundreds of Israelis, mostly civilians. The crowd cheers. I think it is absolutely fair to play this video, despite the fact that I do not want war between Israel and Palestine. It's a conflict that has existed long before I've been alive and for which I have very few good answers on. I'm not going to pretend to be a moral authority here. What I can tell you is this is disgusting. This is disgusting. Think about it strategically. 
What was gained by Hamas launching these attacks on Israel, kidnapping, killing civilians? There's, I'm going to play the video for you. Let's play the video. Early morning on Saturday, October 7th, our resistance stormed illegal settlements and paraglided across colonial borders. <laughs> Reaching Tel Aviv, reaching Tel Aviv. They are celebrating and cheering for rockets being fired on civilians. I hate all of this. I'm sick of the American foreign policy. Donald Trump gets no consideration from me when he fired rockets into Syria. I'm sick of it. You know, why I can appreciate Donald Trump's presidency. No new wars, a timeline for Afghanistan withdrawal, negotiating with the Taliban. I don't like the Taliban. I don't like North Korea. I like peace. And that means we do not exacerbate the problems. These people are abject evil. This is an event promoted by the Democratic Socialists of America, for which AOC is a card carrying member. These people are abject evil. There's no question. When you come out and say 5,000 rockets were fired reaching Tel Aviv, you are not celebrating conquering the military of your enemies. Or, or trying to stabilize anything. The only thing that was accomplished by these attacks was to further destabilize and cause a crisis for civilians. Innocent civilians who were killed, innocent civilians who were captured, Israeli citizens, and now the retaliation is going to be massive collateral damage on the citizens and civilians in Gaza. And I'm seeing these leftists come out and they're saying, now they're going to, to harm these poor children in Gaza. Dude, it's war. The, the attack was launched by Hamas and there and you've got people coming out saying, yeah, but how did Western intelligence miss this? I don't know. The Biden administration is completely incompetent. That's one answer. I do not care for us to be involved in all of these conflicts, but I can at least tell you this. A sign being held up by one of these activists says Def no more funding for Israel. They're not coming to you in good faith and saying we shouldn't be providing funding for Israel because of foreign policy issues. I will tell you in good faith, my concern with U.S. funding foreign nations is that we are extracting from the American people for what? The petrodollar. Justify it. Our borders are open. Our manufacturing base is weakened. Uh, the interest rates are skyrocketing. We ain't doing so well. Let's make our country great. I don't see why I should have to worry about the border, a border dispute in Ukraine. I don't see why we decided to get ourselves involved in Israel going back 70 years. That is not to say I don't recognize the conflict we are in today. There is no easy answer. Fine. But when someone comes to me and says, on my libertarian principles, we shouldn't be providing funding to these countries, I'll say, you know, I, I, I agree. And then they cheer when their side blows up kids and kidnaps civilians. I'm going to refrain from swearing. But these people calling for def the, the, the defunding of aid to Israel are not doing so on a principled ground about supporting America. They hate America. They hate this country. And what they want is to strip Israel of its defenses so they can massacre more civilians because you've heard what they said. They're illegal settlers. They're colonizers. Look, I cannot 
in my life, for one, completely grasp the entire history of the region, nor can I provide you with sound solutions to a problem that has existed long before I came into existence. I can tell you that what I want more than anything is no fighting, peace. And there can be peace. There can be. But this attack was launched by these extremists who celebrate the bombing of civilians. I'm sorry, evil exists. I've been to Israel. I have concerns. Absolutely. About the U.S. providing funding, about the formation, all of these things, about the settlements in the West Bank. I want justice. I want peace. But I can tell you this. When you are dealing with people who celebrate the bombing of civilians as a military victory, understand what this conflict is. I am not advocating for providing funding to Israel. None. Absolutely not. I don't want I, I, I am overwhelmingly anti-intervention. I think the U.S. has involved itself in so much. Now, I'm not so naive. I'm not. I understand China would gladly seize and conquer whatever they could if they had the chance, which puts us between a rock and a hard place. I don't have all the answers. I can tell you there's no way the U.S. can sustain itself in a conflict over Taiwan. China, mainland China is right there. They have unlimited supplies. I'm saying that figuratively. Their base of operations is within miles, a couple dozen miles of Taiwan. U.S. bases are Australia. Yeah, it's far away. We have Japan. We have South Korea. But we will not be able to maintain a conflict over Taiwan. China is literally right there. So what do we do? For one, guarantee security to our allies to the best that we can. But they got to pay. I have no problem with alliances. I just don't think we can involve ourselves in wars. And there's a conflict and a dispute over Taiwan, which puts us again between a rock and a hard place. My friends, This is why I will not run for office. It is why I am no president, no leader, no member of Congress. I don't have the answers. Look at this. Here's another video. Let me play this video for you. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. Palestine will be free. What does from the river to the sea mean? It means the the entirety of Israel. It means this whole landmass will be conquered. These people do not seek peace. They, 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 they call Israel colonizers. And, and by all means, you can say, Tim, the formation of this nation of, of Israel and blah, blah, blah. Don't know. Don't care. Wasn't alive for it. Can't answer for it. Had nothing to do with it. All I want is for the fighting to stop. I don't think there will be a solution. Not an easy one. So what do we do? I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I, I literally just don't know. What I can tell you is there is one group of people that is saying Iron Dome defense system. They're saying Israel should be allowed to exist. But there are questions I have over the West Bank. Why the, the, the stories that we hear and the, and the dissolution of what was once considered to be Palestine, it's now falling apart. And videos of settlers coming in and just taking properties. It's conflict. It's colonization. Call it whatever you want. It does not justify the massacring of civilians. I don't have the answers and nor can I pretend to be knowledgeable. But I can tell you, you're going to get hyperpartisans on all sides. What I can also tell you is I find AOC to be abject evil. And I say that because uh, I I show you right here. She is a card carrying member of the Democratic Socialists of America. Unquestionably. And the DSA was in solidarity with the Palestinian people and their right to resist 75 years of occupation and apartheid. Why kill civilians? You see, I mentioned this in my earlier morning segment about the conflict. The left views each and every Israeli friend of them tourist or otherwise, as a an occupier, 
of stolen land. They view the same thing of the United States. They hate this country. A young German woman. She was uh, at a music festival. She's dead. They paraded her body around. I do not believe these videos are faked. There's possibility it's fog of war and it's propaganda. Fine. But people have matched a tattoo on the leg of a woman uh, to a German tourist who was visiting uh, this place. A conscientious objector. I believe she was a dual citizen, but a German national. Didn't want to fight, was a peace activist and a pacifist. And this and this brings me to um, war. I want to stress, I, 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 I call on Ocasio-Cortez to condemn the Democratic Socialists of America and call out their celebration. I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll keep it light. They promoted an event that celebrated the ma- mass killing of civilians and the bombing of civilian centers. Barack Obama killed an American citizen bombing a civilian restaurant in a country we are not at war with, Yemen. I want answers. Donald Trump ordered a commando raid in Yemen. It resulted allegedly in the death of an eight-year-old girl. I try to be reasonable and very careful. We know for a fact the Obama administration admitted to the death of Abdurrahman al-Awlaki and the extrajudicial assassination of American citizen Anwar al-Awlaki. Not a good guy, by my understanding. Still, an American citizen who, who has rights. All humans do. I can understand wide leeway in war, whatever you want to call it. But the killing of a 16-year-old American citizen at a civilian cafe in a country we are not at war with. Now, when it comes to Donald Trump's commando raid, these are allegations not yet confirmed, but believed to be likely. Okay, what can I say? If it is true Obama did this, lock him up. If it is true Donald Trump did this, lock him up. But in the meantime, both, while I do believe the Obama one is more of a settled matter, investigate both. I don't care. The, the idea that we just drop bombs on civilians is disgusting and abhorrent. But this is war. You'll find that people are evil. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. if Sometimes I, I truly wonder about goodness. But I feel like if the argument right now is that Israel is trying to maintain peace and Palestine is celebrating the killing of civilians, then I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. Stable Israel, a stable Israel, because I've been there. They're not perfect people. No country is. But when you come out celebrating the bombing of civilians, I'm sorry, I'm not going to I'm not going to support you. And even if you don't believe it, they'll come out and they'll say, yeah, but Israel's lying. What they're really doing is this that or otherwise. Yeah, well, they're doing a better job of propagandizing than are you. That's all I can say, if that's your argument, because right now I can tell you what I see. Israel, with all its faults and all its problems, maintaining peace to the best of its abilities, and Hamas paragliding in and killing civilians, and they celebrate it. You want to know what? Many people are going to argue it's propaganda. They're fake videos. Fine, go ahead and do so. They're still celebrating it. That's why I despise these people. They're celebrating it. I don't. You can say the videos aren't real. You can say this woman never died. You can believe whatever conspiracy you want. You can say Israel allowed it to happen, whatever. They're celebrating it. In Times Square, in our country, there are people cheering, leftists, saying no more funding for Israel, and they are celebrating the bombing of civilian targets. Julian Assange exposed something he called collateral murder when the U.S. killed journalists. Good. Expose the crimes. I know the world is not so simple and it's not so easy and, and war happens. Let's talk about those who are who are too naive to realize this. While I condemn the killing of civilians and I have concerns about what Israel does, same as, as anyone else, I, I think it's clear to see that one side is an ideological extremist faction celebrating the killing of civilians. 
And Israel is often under the microscope and attacked for the killing of civilians when it comes to this conflict. To be a pacifist and to ignore the realities of war. I think it's a harsh reality we, we can't ignore. But there are answers other than invasion. But again, I, I recognize fully that my information, my understanding of this is cursory. And so my frustrations may just be screaming into the wind. This young woman, Shani Luke, she was a peace campaigner and conscientious objector. And now she's dead. There are reports that there was a gun ban that resulted in people being unable, unable to defend themselves. So what do you do? Do we stay strong, defend our borders and say, if you attack us, we defend ourselves? Do we say, if you attack our allies, we defend ourselves? It's a tough question. If the people in Israel were able to keep and bear arms at this festival, many of them would be alive today. But I do believe the issue can scale. And so I think about what it means for Israel and how they should respond. Does Israel have the right to keep and bear arms, to defend itself and its borders? You betcha. Should the U.S. provide money for nothing and the guns for free? Tell me what we're getting out of it. Now, I know Israel has massive defense contractors and manufacturers. They make a bunch of components for weapons. And there's a benefit for us in this capacity, but it's more of a deal with the devil, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is we are we are we are the devil. I'm saying the United States war machine is take that out of context. Love just to have fun. I'm saying that we are the ones who offer these bargains where it's like, sure, we'll give you all the weapons. We'll give you all the weapons and then you will fight how we see fit. When we want, we will call upon our bargain. It's the IMF. It's the West. It's NATO. It's the economic powers of the world. What would happen if the U.S. were to pull funding from strategic areas? Man, I don't know. I think the scary reality is, and this is why I always am like 90% anti-intervention. The U.S. intelligence agencies and military need to justify. They do. Period. End of story. You don't get to just say we're doing it and make up some BS reason and lie about it. But I have to understand, you know, I, I, I do understand when one side celebrates the mass killing of civilians and the other side is at least trying to maintain a facade. There is a, there is a good and there is an evil. Call it what you want. And so I wonder sometimes about small scale to large scale. Would it make sense for you to provide funding for weapons for your friend in a neighboring, in a, in a community 70 miles away? And you're like, well, they got a lot of crime, so I'm going to keep sending them guns. I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe they should take care of their neighborhood. Why are you intervening in the neighborhood, right? You see what I mean? We're not there. We got to take care of our neighborhood. The argument then becomes because the neighborhood in our city nearby and the negative impacts affect the rest of us. Okay, well, then the whole world's our responsibility. I look at it this way. All of the funding that we're engaged in is basically just world domination. And I suppose you have the argument that you dominate the world through force and not through trade and charisma and, and culture and all that stuff. Maybe I'm just naive, man. Maybe I'm just naive, but I don't have the answers. All I can tell you is right now, with all this going on, I hope for a quick resolution. I hope more civilians don't die. You've got the squad. They're calling for a ceasefire. You know, that's a tough question, isn't it? Should there be a ceasefire? What does that mean? It means that Hamas can level uh, this attack on civilians, fire 5,000 rockets at civilian targets. And then Israel is just supposed to say, please, no more fighting. 
How would you feel if across the street from you, someone was opening fire on your house? Destroying everything. They vowed to do it again. But the police show up and they say, stop, stop, stop. Let's have a ceasefire right now. One side keeps shooting, but the cops are saying, no, no, ceasefire. You'd be like, what? Are you kidding me? They're attacking me. I don't have the answers to this stuff, man. I can just tell you that it makes my blood boil when I see these lies. Because I understand the libertarian arguments for not funding, providing military funding to foreign countries that the U.S. should not be involved with. That is not us. And then I see the same. I see many of these people who hold it beside saying defund Israel, defund, you know, no more funding to Israel. But what they're really cheering and selling, celebrating is the killing of civilians. What they're basically saying is under the guise of America first or under the guise of protecting our interests, not wasting our tax, taxpayer dollars. They really want to strip Israel of its defenses so that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. It doesn't really mean what you think it means. They're celebrating the killing of civilians. They want to kill them all. That's it. I don't think Israel just wants to kill all the Palestinians. You know how I know that? Because they can. And they take a surgical approach to how they deal with these things when they could flatten it. But this could be the end of Gaza. We could be looking at the end of Palestine. These attacks were so egregious. And all that is served by AOC's Democratic Socialists promoting this event, all that is served is that it destabilizes the region and could bring about the end of Gaza. It could put what's left of Palestine under total Israeli control. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? They're saying it's Israel's 9-11. Man, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I had better answers and better understanding of, of, of how to deal with these things. But I'm, I'm, I'm not a leader. I'm a person who complains on the internet. That's really it. I mean, I guess I'm a, a leader in some capacity. But I just don't know. I really don't. I can tell you that these people are evil. AOC, I think she's evil. Celebrating this stuff is evil. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not here to show videos of war. I'm not here to show shocking footage that's occurring on the ground. You can find all of it on X. You can follow me at TimCast. I, I post some of these videos uh, and photos with context, but you know these videos are for me to just talk about what's going on, provide you the news, and... Uh, it's been brutal, man. I am a fairly anti-intervention individual. And I know I'm going to get a lot of people saying, yeah, but you're speaking a lot in defense of Israel, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, because Hamas killed a bunch of civilians, because they are chasing innocent civilians, because people in New York City are celebrating rockets being fired at civilians. I've called for all of the U.S. presidents who have attacked civilians to be criminally charged and arrested. You come to me, I don't care what your politics are. You celebrate the murdering of civilians. I think you are evil. I don't see that from the right for the most part or what we would call the right. I see libertarians who are critical of Israel's actions in, the, in, in uh, pertaining to Palestine, the West Bank and the settlements, etc. And I think it is absolutely warranted to be critical of injustices. But you see, the problem right now is that these people, they don't want a solution. They are tribalists who want death. Take a look at this story. Porn star Mia Khalifa, oh, we're always so interested in her opinion, is slammed for mocking the slaughter of hundreds of Jewish people in Israel as she posts sick jokes about Zionist apartheid regime being brought down by guerrilla fighters and fake Gucci shirts. Yep. Lebanese American sex worker celebrating photos of police officers being shot, celebrating these 
horrifying videos of people just dancing and then being chased and shot at hundreds dead. Cars flipped over. A story of a father who ran full speed towards the gunfire to try and save his daughter. And now they're both missing. Tourists who don't know what's going on. You know, it reminds me of the story. I am legend. Sort of. I mean, it's not it's not completely, but um, you may have heard of the movie. The book, the graphic novel matters so much more than the movie. The movie sucked. <laughs> I've seen the movie. I've only read excerpts from the book, to be completely honest. The general concept, though, what makes the story so fascinating is it's about a man who is hunting vampires. And he doesn't differentiate between intelligent, sentient, rational and compassionate vampires and stupid ones. He just thinks they're all vampires. In the end, basically, he's the last human or just about. And they arrest him. And they're terrified of him. And I am legend refers to him being the monster who stalks in the night and kills people in their sleep. Whereas we view the vampires as legend, right? I guess I bring that up because it, rem- it reminds me of this, but it's not it's not one for one. And I'm not saying this in any way to criticize the civilians. It's to make the point. In the end of the novel, he realizes he was the bad guy, that he did not understand that he was hurting innocent people in his quest for his his old world, which was gone. And I'm not here to make a, a moralistic statement on who is right or who is wrong in terms of the greater history of the conflict in the region. But I can certainly tell you those celebrating the death of civilians and laughing and mocking it are evil. Sorry, I, I just don't care to mince words. And that's what I see here. These 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 tourists, these people visiting Israel, southern Israel to dance, they're just dancing. They don't know anything about colonization. All they know is they said, can I come dance? And for this, Hamas said they will murder you. Videos of people hiding in the bushes, recording messages for their loved ones. Many of them were probably dead. And what do we see? Celebration. Celebration. Let me play for you some of this clip. There's just so many of these. When the Palestinians broke through the fence, they put the F-35s on That's right. You're listening to the celebration. And as you might have seen, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. But I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. I'm sure they're doing very fine. I just can't even. Can't even. You know what bothers me about war is when evil people, for evil reasons, kill innocent people. They want power. You know, I don't have all the answers, man. You want a free Palestine? You want, you want, you want a free nation, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I tell you the one way you don't get it. Storming in, paragliders, executing civilians. There's reporting now that Egypt warned Israel. And so the conspiracy is that Israel allowed it to happen. Israel is saying this is their 9-11. There's 900 deaths so far. They're mass mobilizing. It could be the end of Gaza. I mean, I don't know. But a lot of people think that it was intentional. And I'm like, dude, I think that possibly. But I see these stories and um, I don't know if I have it pulled up. I, 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 I don't know if I have it pulled up. Where they're arguing that Egypt 10 days ago warned them. And people assume 10 days is enough. Look, man, 
You know, we just did this event in Miami. It took a year to organize, a year, so that I could be on a stage for one hour. Now, don't get me wrong. We had pre-show, mid, after, and everything. So it was uh, from 6 to about 11. We did this event, and it took a year to organize. It's not easy. It's very, very difficult. You come to me with 10 days notice and say something's going to happen, and it's like, there's a lot we can do, but there's a lot you can't do. And I, I suppose the issue is warning someone 10 days in advance something is about to happen does not mean they know exactly what is going to happen. And if they come out and say, everyone, high alert, does that solve the problem? Do they go to Southern Israel and say, we're canceling all of your festivals because of an alert? We don't know what's going on. We don't know. And you don't know to what, to what degree the warning was. But this is what we see here. And my point for this segment, because there's a lot of segments on Israel, is free speech stands, even for these people cheering. Let them cheer. I'm glad they're cheering. I want to see their faces as they celebrate the mass killing of civilians. In the Daily Mail, Eric Adams is blasted for not ending pro-Palestine rally in Times Square, where swastika was waved at Jewish group after mayor merely tweeted, do not use our streets to spread your hate. I am glad Eric Adams did not end this, this rally. You see, this is, this is the argument for free speech. Let these people come in bullhorn. I want everyone to hear it. I want your friends, your family, your moms, your dads. I want them to hear these people celebrate the killing of civilians. So we know exactly who they are. They're evil. In their view, Palestine is justified in killing children because Israel is an apartheid state. Yeah, sorry. Nope. That just doesn't fly. You can have uh, you can make the arguments and there's sound arguments that civilians are as equally culpable in terms of conflicts. And that's why they're targeted. What I mean is, and this is the argument. I'm not saying it's, it's legitimate. The argument is civilians provide the economic backing for the production of weapons. Yes, but I, I happen to believe that the appropriate way to deal with military threats is to take out the military capabilities. Not always easy to do, nor perfect. Right. The idea being that if someone is armed, shoot him in the hand. Yeah. OK, look, no, you can't do that. It's not so easy. It's not so easy. I don't have the answers for you. What I can tell you is that it is. I'm sorry, it is evil. Mia Khalifa, she's an evil person. These people are evil. Sorry. If you want me to come out and say Israel should not be, say, seizing land in the West Bank, you got it. You want to talk about apartheid? Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what do we do? Let's talk about how we seek solutions and answers. Do you believe that Palestine is unjustly oppressed by Israel? Okay, come talk to me. Can we solve this problem? Instead, you cheer and you dance and you scream in joy as we watch videos of children, teenagers, families hiding, being kidnapped, being murdered, being mercilessly beaten, and you celebrate it because you can't differentiate a civilian from the military. A German tourist who came down to Israel and was going to dance and was a, pa was a pacifist, probably supporting uh, Gaza and the Palestinians. But this is the, the, the reality of the world, my friend. There are evil people. And it's not just these people in the streets cheering for this who are evil. It is the warmongering extremists, people like Nikki Haley, John McCain, John Bolton. I am no fans of any of these people. And I find it fascinating right now. Because you've got Democrats that are like, how dare you to the squad members call for a ceasefire? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd like there to be no fighting, but I don't know how you call for a ceasefire when one side is bombing the other side. Right. Because the military response is not arbitrary. Israel is not just like, well, we're going to go arbitrarily bomb. No, it's we're being attacked. We're attacking back. OK, well, look, I don't have to tell you, man, Hamas did this. They celebrated it. Israel's, of course, going to attack back. You have a right to defend yourself.
You want to talk about the history of the nation and make those arguments? I'm, I'm, I'm down to argue. I'm down, I'm down to hear it. Let's bring on, let's, uh, we'll, we'll get Dave Smith down here. And, uh, you know, we'll see if Dave Smith wants to come down and have this conversation with somebody. But I got to tell you, man, you know, the position I'm in is we don't want fighting. But these Democrats are pro, pro-war. They're staunchly pro-Israel, pro-funding of Israel. They're the same people that want to provide f- funding to Ukraine and all this. And I'm just like, man, here's the brutal reality. Yeah, we are providing funding to Israel. Israel uses that money for weapons, but a lot of it's the Iron Dome. How do you deal with this? You know, I've read a lot about Israel-Palestine. Everybody makes their arguments and there's conflicting versions of history. What I can tell you is that if it were the other way around, if Israel was the oppressed group and the Jews of Israel were being bombed and their civilians were killed, then uh, the, the, the narrative would be, would, would be inversed. It would be there would be an inversion. It is only because Israel is able to defend their their territory, control and expand that they are considered the bad guys. Expand is the obvious point. But I'm saying I do believe seizing territory, uh, property and, and territories and, 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 and bulldozing uh, homes in the West Bank is wrong. I've seen these videos. I've heard these stories. Uh, but it doesn't justify what we're seeing with the storming. You know, I, I, I don't have to tell you, man. I guess what I can say is it's war. And anybody glorifying death in war is, is, is evil, in my opinion. I hate all of it. I don't like what's going on in Ukraine. Russia shouldn't be invading, but there's this war. It just it, it, it is. And you want everyone to stop, but there's evil people and they won't. Even if Israel tried to negotiate any kind of settle, peace agreement or, or, or whatever, it is obvious that the people in Gaza don't differentiate civilians from military. They think they're all one and the same. They're ideological extremists who say anyone on, on, our, on this land is an evil oppressor colonizer. That's what they're saying. And you have high profile people like Mia Khalifa now supporting it. Whatever, man. I don't know. I'm going to keep talking about it, I guess. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. I'll just leave this one here. It's whatever, Mia Khalifa. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all at 6. Just as of right now. As I am recording this video, RFK Jr. has officially announced he will seek the presidency as an independent. Now, the questions here are, will RFK Jr. pull votes from Trump or from Joe Biden? There's a strong argument it could be either. Some suggest that with two anti-establishment forces on the ballot, you will see the anti-establishment forces lose. They will take from each other. But my friends... Please listen to RFK Jr.'s speech to know he ain't taking a single vote from Donald Trump. Dude, look, I like RFK Jr. for a variety of reasons, but homeboy came out with all woke leftist talking points. That's it. It was uh, DEI. Okay. And I'm not trying to rag on the guy. He was talking about it's time for this country to recognize indigenous people's days, stuff like that. And uh, he's making a lot of points that I think many would consider to be woke and are not going to fly among Trump supporters, which means when you look at the polls, what do you see? RFK Jr. in a Democratic primary polls against Joe Biden around, well, depending on who it's a wide range. Some say seven, some say 17. But most of it, uh, most of the polls. And we had a a, a people's pundit on the show last week or not, not last week, the week before polls show probably around 14 percent is probably a safe number. This means Donald Trump could win Maine. Yeah, that's right. Joe Biden runs. 
RFK runs an independent. He's got a massive following. Donald Trump runs and then you will see a three way race. I think this could result in a Trump, major Trump victory in places where he should not even win. Like Maine. Sun Sentinel reports. Actually, he's, he's currently speaking live right now. And I, I started recording immediately the moment he announced that he would be running. And he did. Let's let's just play some of the live for you right right here. I knew that if their revolution failed, every last one of them would be hanged. They chose to place everything on the line. When John Adams put his pen down after adding his signature to the declaration, he turned to those present and he said to them, sink or swim, live or die, survive or perish. From this day on, I am with my country. I'm going to make. I'm going to make that same pledge to you today. So that I can stand before you, as every leader should, should stand before you, free of partisan allegiance, free from, the, free from the backroom deals, servant only to my conscience, to my creator, and to you. All Democrat voters right there, you can see. Oh, look, I'm just going to say it. He came out and he said, we're going to have a declaration of a new declaration of independence against the corporations. And it's like, uh, it's, it's, look, I'm telling you. It is more so Democrat talking points. So let's play this game. Let's say that RFK Jr. is polling at around 14% among Democrats. This means that with Democrats being, uh, what are they? Let's just say like 45, let's say half. Let's just, just say half of the voter base. If we're typically looking at elections where it's like 50-50, let's say to be fair, Democrats representing about 14%. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, RFK Jr. representing about 14% of Democrats. Okay, RFK Jr. getting support from around 40% of Democrats. You get my point. Let's let's extrapolate that to the general and say it's not going to be a perfect one for one. The the primary voters are more active Democrat voters, but I think sentiment probably does translate. Let's just cut it in half because now you're up against the rest of the population and only half or so may be voting in the Democratic primary. We could be looking at five to six points being ripped away from Joe Biden. Now let's entertain the possibility he does pull some from Donald Trump. Trump ain't going to be losing that much. Okay, like maybe Trump loses a point or two. That's all that matters is that he's going to take a bigger chunk from Democrats with Democrat talking points. The dude is running on celebrating Indigenous People's Day. That's Columbus Day. They changed it. That's what he's running on. And again, I like the guy. He's anti-establishment. I think you're allowed to have these opinions. People are allowed to have a lot of bad opinions and will argue them. I think RFK is a dude who supported freedom when it came to COVID, supported free speech, but he's a liberal. We got a tweet from Mike Cernovich. Actually, somewhere I have a tweet from Mike Cernovich. Do I have the Mike Cernovich? Uh, Actually, maybe I don't have the tweet from Mike Cernovich pulled up. I thought I did. Okay, never mind. Unfortunately, wait, 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 wait. Do I have it? There we go. Ah, I got it. He said, RFK Jr. would lock down the country over climate change. He's a hyperventilating ishlib who pivoted right on some issues as conservative as conservatives media is all conservative media is all he could get. He's very jacked and a good example of a healthy man. Admirable in that way. Don't be a goofball. Still an ishlib. I don't think uh, I don't think it matters. I don't think he's pulling from Donald Trump. Fighting a sneeze. Forgive me. WBBM radio says majority of Republicans want the next House speaker to be uh, loyal to Trump. Yeah. Because Trump's the front runner. That's all that matters. 
Now, CNN says RFK Jr. is polling high for an independent, but it may not last. They have to say this. I think they're scared. I think that RFK, they know he's going to poll from Democrats. I think they've lost control. The establishment is flailing, is floundering. And this is an inevitability. Joe Biden cannot be the candidate. He has to drop out, but they keep saying he's going to run. Okay, let him run. He can't win. It's funny to me when people, these these uh, DeSantis types, neocons say Trump can't win when Trump is polling better than he did in 2020. Yeah, Trump only needed 42,000 votes in three states to have won. You can get every Democrat in a city to vote doesn't change the electoral system, which is why they're desperately trying to change it to a popular vote system, which is bad. RFK Jr. was an inevitability. The Democrats are keeping out real contenders and we are sick of the machine. So RFK is mounting what should have been what Bernie did. But Bernie bent the knee. RFK Jr. is coming out now and saying the corporations, the big businesses, while supporting all these leftist woke talking points, more power to him. But I don't see him pulling from Trump that that, you know, I just pulled up that speech. These people standing there, they look like urban liberals. Okay, and maybe it's just the location that he chose. Fine. But I think when you look at the polling data, we have this presidential primary Democrat side. October 2nd, Biden versus Kennedy. Kennedy's at 17 percent. Oh, Biden crushes him for sure. But that's not, not what matters. What matters is that Kennedy is running as an independent. And there will be many people don't know, don't care, voting for voting for uh, uh, Kennedy. You know why? The argument goes that with two anti-establishment actors, candidates, the anti-establishment loses. I'm not so convinced. I'll give you this argument. These people would have voted do- uh, Joe Biden in 2020. I'm so- they probably did. But they're sick of it. They just don't like Trump. Now they're saying, if you want to give us a broken machine, I'll vote for whoever I have to vote for. And not only that, with many anti-establishment voters, what they're basically saying is, I don't care if my vote for Kennedy costs Democrats the election. A traditional Democrat voter who either wouldn't have voted or would only vote for Kennedy, yet Trump's not losing those people. So when you see Kennedy announcing this statement, what do you get? In all likelihood, he will be pulling from the Democrats and not for Trump. That being said, there are a lot of people who have pointed out Donald Trump's stance on COVID and Fauci and his demand. He refuses to back down. A lot of people won't vote for him for that. And I don't know if that's true because I think most people are actually with Trump. I think Trump's doing this for a reason. I had this argument with Luke. Uh, Luke Rakowski was saying Trump needs to apologize. I'm like, why? You're not going to vote for him anyway. Why would Trump apologize to a libertarian who's not going to vote for him? Uh, Luke doesn't like being called a libertarian, but Luke's not going to vote for any of these guys. Trump is looking at it from a mass media perspective. The average person does not want to believe they did anything wrong during COVID, and they want to believe they did the right thing. And Trump wants to maintain that facade, despite knowing his base doesn't care. That's the reality. His base may spit and yell and complain. They'll say Trump this, Trump that. And Trump's like, yeah, but you're still voting for me. Yep. He also knows that if he goes to regular Americans and says, hey, you know that vaccine that I rolled out? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to come out and criticize it. He's going to lose voters. He's going to cause panic. So he's going to go for the middle ground and say, no, we did a great job. We saved hundreds of millions of lives. He's going to roll with that because he knows the people who would dis- disagree or would be upset with Trump over his, his policies. They're voting for him anyway. That's just it. Now, perhaps 
You may end up getting some libertarians voting for, for Kennedy. I really doubt it. I don't see who Kennedy can get to vote for him except for Democrats, disillusioned Democrats who don't like the Democratic Party. And I have to wonder, I think Kennedy knows he will spike the Democrats and help Donald Trump. And this is it. It's revenge. You put Kennedy on the prime on, on the Dem, as a Democratic nominee, your chance of winning goes up. But they are such a corrupt and broken machine. They won't do it. Kennedy is still giving a speech, but this is huge news, which could spell the apocalypse for Democrats. But we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Okay, let's go. Round two, second week in a row, another one of these stories. And I have to wonder, is this like intentionally trying to convince women to quit their jobs to be uh, adult stars on OnlyFans? Or is it the reality that women are quitting their jobs because they would rather not work? I wonder. All of the arguments around gender norms, and uh, I can't help but notice, as most of you probably do, you go on social media and you look at the average female hobbyist account and the, the female will post images of herself. The average male hobbyist account, less likely. It's a tendency. It's not an absolute. But of course, the meme, as I've mentioned 50 million times, is that when a woman takes a picture of an, uh, a new object she acquired, perhaps a video game, she's in the photo doing a selfie with it, whereas men just take a picture of the object. Men are focused on the object. Women are focused on the human element of it. I said last week that uh, it, it's a good thing, actually. And I think, you know, for some reason, feminists get offended by the concept, despite the fact that it's actually more insulting to men. Men don't care about people. They care about stuff. Women care about people. Makes sense, right? But that brings us to this story. Single mom of four who quit her job as a receptionist to be an OnlyFans model reveals she now rakes in $30,000 a month after enlisting her 14-year-old sister to shoot her racy content. I don't quite understand that last part. But sure, Chloe Sasha, 29 from Arizona, turned to adult content creation for extra cash. She soon started earning thousands of dollars and quit her job as a receptionist. The mom of four now enlists her younger sisters to help despite facing backlash. This is the trend, my friends. I have to wonder, uh, let's, 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 create a, let's, let's make up a conspiracy theory. Here you go. Conspiracy theory. Men, uh, uh, venture capital firms, are secretly creating fake accounts to give women large sums of money to force them to quit their jobs. There you go. I suppose the question is, given the choice between doing adult content and working, what would the average woman choose? I don't think it would be adult content. I don't. But honestly, I think it's a rock and a hard place. I wonder if the average woman would choose to, to work with people. We see that in work. Women tend to take jobs like nurses and teachers working with other people. Men take jobs working with things because men care about things and women care about people. Again, it's neutral, but you could argue that's more beneficial to women because the human experience is the most important thing. But this brings me here. How many women do not want to work working nine to five? How many women are working jobs that are not about people, insurance companies or something, just like filing paperwork? Do they really want to have those jobs or would they prefer to socialize, interact, have a family? Maybe not even have a family. Be wine. Be, be wine moms. Your kids are grown up, moved out. You're drinking wine with the girls mid-morning. What's preferable? I'm sorry. I think anybody who says 
that the average woman would rather work is just lying because nobody works. Most people don't like working. I saw this post about the uh, IQ bell curve between men and women, and it showed that men overwhelmingly are stupid, but there are more male geniuses than women. This is the greater male, uh, the greater male variability hypothesis. Makes sense. So you have most women being of average intelligence around 100, slightly below, slightly above. And then you have the majority of morons being made up of men and the majority of geniuses being made up by men. So this means most women are interacting with dumb guys. Must suck, I must say. But I say when I look at this, I'm like, nobody likes working, right? There's very few men who are of high level who want to work endlessly into the bone. Uh, This past week, I went on the Fresh and Fit podcast and I was asked what I do to relax. And there are some things I do. I like playing poker. I like skateboarding. But uh, skateboarding is it's, it's all work. All of it is in the same mindset. That's why I'm kind of like nothing. I work all the time. I don't play. Uh, th- there is no circumstance where I like to zone out. I just that doesn't exist for me. And uh, Myron was saying the same thing from Fresh and Fit podcast. If I'm not working, I'm stressed out. So what stops me from stressing out working? But that's rare, isn't it? So I look at this. You've got a young guy who would rather not work. He wants to play video games all day. They exist. Hikikomori exists. They don't want to go out. They don't want to socialize. Sorry. Ain't nothing you can do that's going to make you money. Women, on the other hand, can get naked on camera and guys are going to give them money. So the question then becomes, to what degree are women going to quit their jobs to get free money for just being naked? There's a huge social crisis we are facing if this turns out to be true. So you can go back and talk about the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds and whoever else and blame them for it. The, the conspiracy theory there is that they realized they could double the workforce and slash wages. They said, we need more workers. Let's get women to work. Women can work. Why should they be at home? And then who's going to raise the kids? They didn't care. They wanted short term profits. Here you are. Well, now, perhaps the great conspiracy is to get women to stop working because it's easier to get money doing this. But the question then becomes, as these women get older and become less desirable, fact how are they going to make money? This 29-year-old woman, she better be saving all that $30,000 a month, which honestly, a lot of money. I don't know about enough. You know, she got to start saving for retirement. Because how many years can you really do this? For real. Now, the average woman is not going to be making $30,000 a month off this. Just not reality. Apparently, I think most women who have tried to only made a couple hundred bucks a month. A couple hundred bucks ain't nothing. But for a lot of these women, they are basically selling out, selling away their dignity in an exchange for a large amount of money up front. Perhaps that makes sense. Perhaps what happens then is they can save this money, create a retirement fund, and then never have to work again. I think the terrifying reality is you're going to have a bunch of single women without kids. Of course, this lady does have quick kids, but there's going to be a lot of single women who have no kids, who do porn, and then when they're 45, the money is going, I mean, by the time they're in their late 30s, the money is going down. And then they're going to be unable to work. They're going to be shunned by a lot of people. Maybe that's why they're trying to normalize sex work. And then they're uh, not going to have money. My friends, I've talked about how I think the future is going to be conservative. I want you to understand this doesn't happen in a vacuum. As liberals abort their kids, sterilize their kids, or plain don't have kids, and conservatives do, the future is skewing in the conservative influence direction. Of course, I'm, I, it doesn't discount the left's attempt to indoctrinate children. The point is, that's not a strong enough pull factor. 
Having kids and teaching them your values and having them of your genetic line is substantially more powerful than giving them a creepy book. That's reality. Now imagine the scenario. The future is overwhelmingly populated by conservatives and liberals aren't having kids, but those liberals are still alive. They're older and they're in nursing homes. What do you think is going to happen? If the future, as I see it, does come to be, then these more conservative leading individuals are going to pull entitlements and they're going to say, that's your fault, not mine. I'm not paying for you. They're going to come to this 70 year old woman and say, you decided you'd do porn and blow your money and now I've got to pay for it. Not happening. Uh Oh, then what? I don't know. You end up with a bunch of former hookers and prostitutes all over the streets. They can't work and they're doing drugs or, I mean, more horrifyingly, they just don't make it. That's the future I see. But I must be honest. Conservatives have been uh, of recent calling about bringing institutions back, which means it may come to a point where if the future becomes conservative, women like this, and I'm not saying this would be a dick to this woman. She's making a lot of money. But she may end up finding herself herself institutionalized. Now, she's got kids. Those kids are going to grow up. Kids aren't going to let their mom, you know, go that route. But for a lot of these uh, single childless women who have gone the route of OnlyFans and not saved money, many of these women who have gone the route of selling their bodies, they're going to end up institutionalized. You're going to get conservative leaning individuals who say, we will not allow you to be on the streets. We're going to help you. And so for these women who can't make money on OnlyFans anymore or whatever it is, in fact, I actually think these, these women are all doomed, right? Because what's going to happen is men are going to create AI women and it's going to be men, you know, titillating other men while pretending to be women, which already happens. But now with AI, no one's going to need these women to do this. Why pay a woman? Now, some women will run these companies, but if geniuses are overwhelmingly male, then the highest level of success in the businesses is going to skew male. Men are going to create AI girlfriends that are indistinguishable from from real women, and men are going to pay to interact with them. Yo, I don't think we can even begin to understand how insane this is all going to be. But you look now at where Midjourney is with the, uh, these these AI generated videos. We are a year or two away from being able to just tell a computer, make me an episode of The Simpsons of The Simpsons, and it will. And you'll notice weird things about it. And you'll say, hmm, something's not quite right. Three, four years from now, there's not going to be art anymore. There's not going to be music. Imagine being a graphic artist. You're gone. The, the writers are striking, you know, Hollywood writers, because they know AI can write for them instead. Already, I can make images. I don't need a graphic artist. Now, if we want precision and good art, we have a graphic artist for that. But we're getting really close to the point where the AI is going to be able to do it all. All of it. Even movies. There will be no art. There'll be no music, no TV shows. There will simply be someone saying like, hey, I made an I made an anime. I hope you like it. It Took me five minutes. And then someone will be like, oh, that worked. That came out really well. I like this. Let's make more. And then there's going to be eight, eighty seven thousand episodes of, you know, Naruto or whatever. And people are going to be like, which arc do you like? Infinite possibilities, infinite realities. Anyway, I digress. My point. Why would this lady have a job? There's going to be a revolution of sorts. I don't know what it'll look like, but it's going to get crazy. But I suppose I'm, I'm wondering what will happen to women in the workplace. If this is the trend, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.